0: Hello and welcome to the Wiz and Cricket Daily Podcast, episode three from the India-England series. It's the Pope that kills you. A genuinely astonishing hundred from Ollie Pope has given England a chance, just a small chance, but a chance nevertheless, in the first test at Hyderabad. I'm Yaz and with me is a very giddy Ben Gardner. Uh, we'll kick off with the recap first. Um, An eventually breathless day started with only the occasional sign of life as Aksar and Jadeja scored six runs between them across the first 36 minutes of the day. Shortly before Joe Root took two wickets and two balls to bring about a hasty end to the India innings. Rohan Ahmed took the final wicket, that of Aksar Patel, with one that shot low, a potentially foreboding sight for the English batters. India scored 15 for three from 11 overs. Today, their lead was 190 when Crawley and Duckett came out to bat. And after a spicy first few overs, it was business as usual for the England top order. Aggression, but controlled, precise and relatively risk-free aggression, really picking their spots well. Ashwin got Crawley, but that only brought Ollie Pope to the crease. A man with a career high score of 34 in India, a career average of less than 20 against India and Australia, and just coming back from seven or eight months out with an injury. England were 89 for one at lunch, having basically halved the India lead in an hour. Axar was going at eights, Ashwin at more than fives, and then came Bumrah Ben.
1: Yeah, so 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 Bumrah took uh, two two wickets in a in a, in a in a kind of brilliant spell, but even the wickets don't tell the story of the spell. There was a brilliant slurball in there to, uh, to, to Oli Pope. I mean, Duckett's, you might say that was a slightly inauspicious shot, but Duckett had played well in it and it took something... Decent to, to get him out and and po and root was a uh, dismissed lbw beating the the inside edge and then it was the the two spinners who kind of worked over berto and stokes in ways that it kind of can happen in india like it's a it's it's just a really tough place about when you've got really good bowlers and a pitch that's that's helping them best was kind of set up in a pretty classic way of the the turner and then the straight honor and then. Stokes has, you know, batted well in the first things, Has an okay record in India. He's done things in India, but he's got this struggle against Ashwin in particular, which you know he's a brilliant off-spinner against the left-hander. That that might happen, but it was a uh, another good ball that kind of maybe beaten the flight, if anything, because he could have perhaps been a bit more forward, and instead was a uh, uh, it was quite a full ball that ended up turning quite a bit to take out take out the stumps. And then at T, you're kind of thinking, okay, this this could still be over tonight quite easily, basically, England or what. Fived out at that point, again, having not done a huge amount wrong in that middle session, just being beaten by better bowling. And then uh, two hugely encouraging partnerships led by this extraordinary innings from, from Ollie Pope. Uh, I guess we should, we should, we should, it's worth giving a bit of credit to Ben Folks and then Rian Ahmed as well, especially folks in that first innings, as Pope did, had a bit of a point to prove and just did what he kind of does a lot of the time, just kind of unfussy accumulation even when something kind of bonks is going on around him he has a a pretty good ability to uh sort of stay within himself uh he was bowled by a ball that kept very very low uh which was it's funny with the pitch slow slowed up a bit still spinning a lot at times and still keeping low at times it's not a minefield by any stretch and it's it's weird that Pope he was able to put all that outside of him will get on to him. And then Rihan came in and, and, and kind of saw out the day. And, you know, they go to Stump's, what, leading by well over mm-hmm. 100 with four wickets in hand. Uh, obviously, India's still heavy favourites, but they sit together another couple of partnerships and you can get up to, what, 200, 220 to win England at least fill in the game and mm. we'll be able to take a lot of encouragement from it.
0: Mm. I mean, we're still only 15 or so minutes after the close of play, so we're still very much in the process of processing what we've just seen. Um, Nick asked, where will this rank in England's greatest test match wins? <laughs> uh, Brenny asks, "Ollie Pope, we never doubted you. Discuss Ben, for so many reasons, this was a remarkable Not given how long he's been out injured, given his record against India, given his record against the top teams, um, and given his record in India and the troubles he had against the exact same bowling attack, but also how frenetic he was in the first innings. You know, he survived 11 balls and... He was lucky to survive eleven balls. Really, you know, every other ball almost induced a, a false shot, and he started frenetically again today. But it was a different sort of freneticism in that um, I think he's borrowed a lot from Ducket. I think I think mm-hmm. he he was really proactive with with the sweep and the reverse sweep. And any time the ball got outside of his eye line, especially when it was a left arm spinner spinning it away from him, he was very very proactive in looking for the reverse sweep. And then as well against Ashwin as well, turning the ball predominantly into him. He was very, very proactive in looking for, for, for the sweep shot. And there's some amazing stats. He scored it more than a runner ball against Ashwin across the day. Mm-hmm. Um, just a remarkable knock for so many reasons.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what stood out as well was was his his judgment in a lot of ways. And that's remarkable in itself because we know how talented Pope is. We know about his, you know, his, his brilliant hand eye. We know he, when he gets in, he can go big. We know that he's got like this this. This technique that you know lo- looks perfect. And it's like why hasn't he missed it all together? And at times it can be almost because he's, you know, he he's, he he will change guard between innings. Sometimes he'll take, he'll have an innings where he you know runs out of the track at everything. Sometimes he can just all, almost get a bit too maybe caught up in his own talent, almost that he's not quite sure. You know,
0: we've often said it, it, that
1: he's got so many
0: shots that sometimes he's burdened by the, the the choices he's he's got at his disposable. Where a more limited player who has fewer shots doesn't have as much to think about
1: yeah whereas in this innings the, the the judgment in so many ways was brilliant so firstly there was the judgment of uh of length there was a brilliant pitch map that was put up on the coverage that mm, showed this, is, sort this of is fascinating clear daylight between his interception points for when he stayed back when he went forward and when he came down the track and and that's exactly what you want because it shows that you're you're picking the right balls to go back to and you're not getting caught in between which can be uh, a death sentence in India so there was the clarity of of judgment of of length his judgment of line was also brilliant in that you know he was sweeping the right balls to sweep and you know <laughs> scooping the right balls to scoop His judgment of the field was brilliant because it was mm-hmm. sometimes tough to work out like oh why is he sort of played a sort of switch it reverse sweep to that one and played a normal reverse sweep to that one and scoop that one and it was because of how the field was moving he was thinking, like and you okay, can't
0: really see that from the tv coverage per se so we were talking to our colleague adi sharma who's at the ground and he was saying that what what he took most from that innings was how precise Pope was in finding wherever those gaps were behind square and the offside, um, and yeah, it's so worth, worth dwelling on some of those shots. The reverse dill scoop, where mm. he puts his head down, I think before the point of contact. It's remarkable because you know, I said earlier that he was sort of waiting for the ball that was outside his eye line, uh, where if the ball's turning away from you, it's relatively risk-free to play that reverse sweep. But he was dill-scooping balls that were, that were on middle stump and and, and picking up four f- from it. And the scoreboard just kept ticking. There was no point really where it totally dried up. There were periods where he accelerated. There were periods where he bided his time a little bit. They played for tea quite well, I thought, Pope yeah. and folks when it looked like India could run through England. Um, but the, the momentum that he sort of kept going throughout the innings was was, was amazing.
1: Yeah, and the, the the one point when he perhaps looked a little bit more that he wasn't, playing the situation so much and was playing because he was looking scores when he was reaching that hundred which is understandable because this is such a, a monumental moment for him and I guess we'll come more to what this means for Pope mm. in a general sense but the flip side to that is that we know from watching him in, in cricket and a bit in test cricket as well is that when he gets past the hundred he can go properly properly big and once that kind of that burden is lifted he, you can see him just relax a bit more and and have and have, have fun but not at all lose that that clarity of thought and the, the other thing with the, the clarity of thought is that because there were still balls that were uh were spinning a great deal you know you, you, you're never going to nick those but they can sow the seed of doubt that like oh does this mean i need mm. to play a bit differently and it it didn't at all or what well, obviously factors into the decisions but it wasn't like it was making him doubt it was just informing the decision making process and then he was making Good decisions again afterwards. Hundred
0: percent. I think. I think one the most eye-catching of the deal scoops came in a period where Jadeja beat his outside edge three times in four balls, and the mm. only other time was when he deal scooped in for four. You know, you're right to bring up what he's done. at done it. Sorry, because he he does actually play this sort of innings on on what can potentially be quite difficult surfaces. Um, extremely frequently you know people talk about his first class average in domestic cricket there's always been a, a massive drop in, in his test returns even when he's averaging 40 last summer for example mm. um, in, in county cricket we used to see him average in excess of 65 70 and I thought you know people We've got a lot of YouTube comments, and it'll be interesting to see the the, the geos on, on on this podcast compared to the first two. Got a lot of comments from people sort of wondering what is Basball. I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think this innings is the perfect summary of it. You've got a guy who's got this really objectively poor record in these conditions against these bowlers, and he feels totally empowered to do to have this method, which is essentially at odds with what England have previously before this all ever tried in India. It's completely at odds with what the Indian batters tried to do in home conditions. And he, and, I, and the main shot was that reverse sweep. And I've seen him, and there's 100 he scored against Hampshire this year at the Oval, last year at the Oval rather, where, you know, we talked a lot about Liam Dawson in this <laughs> podcast recently, uh, where Pope, anything outside off stump from Liam Dawson, he just looked to reverse sweep. And what I found amazing from this innings was other than the drop catch on 110 from Axel Obitel, which you really should have caught, um, Hope it was I found it amazing that with the inconsistent bounce, he was still able to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at the, end, at the end of this innings, you know, it's obviously still going. We've got to the point where we're starting to compare this to the great overseas English test hundreds. And in, in our lifetimes, and looking last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, this is right up there in terms of overseas hundreds by an England number three in particular. We were looking at um, third or fourth innings hundreds from England number threes away from home in the 21st century um, against top opposition. This is probably the first one since Trot and Nagpur, um, you know, 11 or so years ago now. And it's a sort of innings that is in the same breath you'd say as Peterson at Mumbai, for example.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that, that, that is the one that I guess the two touch points would be that one. And we had a question from someone talking about the, um, uh, the similarity between this test and the, the Ahmedabad test. And that's all the first test uh, where, Cook sort of showed that it could be done, that you could score runs and big runs in these types of conditions. And so Pope almost, <laughs> that's a, a big thing to say, but in some ways combines the two, sort of playing in a kind of iconoclastic, uh, aggressive, but calculated manner, while also sort of setting the tone for a team that while there'd been certain bits of encouragement in terms of um, how they would batted in the first two innings, there still wasn't really a suggestion that someone was going to play a really long beginnings many of them it was kind of like it, it felt a bit like let's get the runs we can until we get out and they fair play they they were doing that a little bit but it didn't feel like this kind of thing was was on the cards at all and yeah, just I guess I know you did it at the beginning but just thinking about what this means for for Pope as a test cricketer I mean just think, think about what, what he looked like coming off the field with that shoulder injury at Lord's when it's what the, the the second or third that he's had in his career and he's taken his time to come back from them before both in terms of obviously the actual time before he gets back on the field but then to get back actually into his fluid best Mm. when he's when he's back out there and this competition for places that has come up again I know obviously Brooke going home simplified England's selection dilemma but had he been in the country it's quite possible that Pope wouldn't have played, despite Root confirming at the end of play that he is still English. <laughs> Which I think was the first time captain. I've heard
0: anyone confirm that so far this tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: he's vice captain when he scores. It's a bit like uh, Andy Murray; he's Scottish when he <laughs> <laughs> when he loses, and English when he wins, and yeah. or British when he wins, and Pope's vice captain when he makes runs. Uh, so, so just just from that point of view, it was, it was, it was, it was huge. But yeah, just it t- totally changes how how we view Pope. Really, I think as going from being this guy, and it's also fair to say you can. Look at the Australia India thing and think, oh, okay, so he hasn't scored runs against good bowling at any mm. point, which is not true because yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, it, there's been a couple of things against South Africa in particular, which have been properly high class against high class pace attacks. But you are still, yeah. And in that gonna...
0: 2020 summer, I always think that he didn't get 100 against West Indies and Pakistan, but batted really, really well. He's he got a really good 80. Uh, on a on a spicy pitch, yes, uh, against Nasim and, and Shaheen and Yassir Shah, and mm-hmm. he was really really good. Then he didn't get a, a, a statement score necessarily, but yeah, he, he's he's done he's done well against very good bowling attacks before, but nothing. nothing on, on like the, this. this. This was proper Pope at the Oval, playing for Surrey yeah. sort of stuff, and he's not done that before against an attack
1: this good. And also the first time he scored hundred without someone else in scoring 100 which is a so far you know so, so far yeah you know, Rian, R- 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 tom hartley jack yeah, Leage, yeah. uh but
0: rohan's 84 away
1: we, we've um uh obviously the ian bell comparisons get made i mean i don't know ian bell never batted quite like this in india actually um and uh uh this, this was a, a kind of a, a stand up and be and be counted hundred It wasn't like a, a useful or a, you know a, a good 80 mm. in a in a game that like okay, kind of helping them win a game, and it wasn't a you know a hundreds to carrying them long in the slipstream of someone else, um, or in putting on a big toes This was Pope kind of by himself, short a bit of support, but he was the main man mm. in a way that he kind of hasn't been so far.
0: Uh, you made the point about how quickly the feel of a game can change when England find their groove. Um, do you think India could have done much differently? Because when you made that point, I thought at lunch I was sort of caught unaware by by how you know it felt like the game had really changed England was still 90 runs behind but if you looked at the body language of India we'll come to Boomer in, in, in a second it felt like India weren't as ahead as they actually were if that means mm-hmm. it H- how do you think opposition teams and India specifically here counteract that
1: well I guess I guess there's two things one is like the this kind of small level tactic stuff and it was interesting you, you asked before as well like how would Stokes have approached this versus how Rohit captain in the situation and you could have kind of really tried to cut off Pope's scoring areas. It would have been a pretty unconventional looking field, but you could have packed that field behind square mm. on the offside and said, okay, do something different. And then when he does something different, he's you...
0: hidden the ball outside off stump and go like, right, play it through cover now. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, they, 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 they could have, they could have done that for example. Um, I wonder if maybe they could have gone to Boomer a bit mm. sooner in that, in that final session. I mean, he's just had bowled so well in that, in that middle session. I know when he comes back, he, Pope very sweetly times a sort of a, a leg side flick off his uh off his first ball but still that would have been a, a different sort of challenge but I think the other thing as well is just to um and I, I guess there's one the thing that Australia did well at times last summer is to remember what the match situation is and to remember that you know like it, even though you're India at home and you're maybe the best team has ever been at home Um, And you expect to kind of roll over everyone. England are a good team with good players and they're allowed to have passages where they score a few runs and to look at the score and be like, oh, okay, actually, like India will very, very likely still win this game Mm. tomorrow. And they've done that because they have, across the test match, played better than England England have had phases where they have, you know, scored, scored runs. And they had a phase this morning when they, when they dried them up with the ball. But overall, if you kind of back yourself and almost, it's not that you don't worry about England, but you you do realize that this way of playing comes with its advantages and its drawbacks and the advantages is how it changes the feeling when Mm. uh in those passion when they are on top but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have you know all of a sudden rested the whole game which is the case here as well as Mm. Pope has played
0: I thought watching um not just Pope but also how um Crawley and and Duckett batted and by the way i think it's significant that england have posted a score like this without significant runs from root best stokes mm. um is that the way in which england score quickly is so different and so much less risky than how india score quickly so if you actually go through the dismissals in this game um india india the team that have given wickets away india the team that get caught on the boundary england will obviously lose wickets Playing attacking shots, you know, Duckett, for example, a booming drive against a massive in-swinger. But England, more often than not, are actually getting out of really good bowling. And they are precise with their attacking shots and they play attacking shots that fit the individual games that their players have. Whereas India, when they seek to go through the gears, from what we've seen in this test match at least, they're sort of it's a very deliberate decision to be more aggressive. Whereas with England it sort of just suits how the individual wants to play their cricket anyway which I think is a very interesting dynamic and 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 one that will be interesting to keep an eye on as the series develops can India apply pressure to English bowling um in a in a less risky way because at the, at the point today where England um really went through the gears there are times where like even though it's turning loads you're sort of watching it and being like you know what Pope and Coal are actually taking that many risks here. This is this mm. is actually how they, they want to play play normally.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, I'm, and I mean, it's, it's it's almost hard to interpret that India batting effort because of how badly England bowled at times. Mm. Like they almost had no choice but to like be try, trying to smash it for six because these were, you know, long hops and, and, and full tosses and that sort of thing. But yeah, you would have, you would have not. Well, if you're really smart, you might have predicted it, but it would surprise a lot of people to think that India are dominating the uh court on the boundary count <laughs> at this stage in the, mm. in the test match. Um And that challenge will change as the series goes on, because I guess England will, will make changes to that bowling attack. You'd have to think, you know, unless, you know, who knows what, what Hartley and Rian yeah. Ahmed might do in the fourth inning. But,
0: but also on Duckett, by the way, I th- I think he'll be more annoyed by how he got out in the first innings and the second innings, because Eng- mm-hmm. England do not want to be sitting ducks. They, they, look at that India attack and be like, with well, those five bowlers of, of that class, they are going to bowl balls and get you out. So they don't want to be getting out playing defensive shots. I think England will look back today and, and they I think probably the probably most frustrating dismissal will be that of Stokes, you know, mm-hmm. caught caught on the crease, sort of tentative with his footwork. Um, that is That will frustrate in England much more than someone actually getting caught on the boundary if, if that is how um, they, they do get out. Um, anyway, that's it for part one. In part two, we'll answer a couple more of your questions and then talk about that brilliant boomer spell that actually in the grand scheme of the match situation is, is almost as defining as what Pope produced today. Uh, Richard asked, Ben referenced this question earlier on, are there similarities to that first test of the 2012 series? England are a long way behind um, as it is it's so a brilliant innings from one of the top three. Um, England's best batsman with with two low scores, KP in 2012 Root here. Um, despite that game ending in defeat and probably defeat here, it set the blueprint of how England could go on to win. I think it's an interesting question because I don't think England are going to have the same game plan with the ball. You know, you can look at selection decisions and, and quite quickly see how England could chop a good 80, 90 runs off what India ended up getting so i I think it's a really good question
1: yeah it is i suppose that that there's a certain similarity in like a bit of the tone of how it feels one important difference is that back then in 2012 england kind of knew they had the bowling attack to be a bit of a handful in those conditions when they played in pakistan sorry in the way against pakistan only that year they bowled absolutely brilliantly actually but no one had made 100 in the series they'd been bowled out for uh for 70 odds chasing 150 in one of the games. And then similarly happened in, in Sri Lanka, they got a uh, uh they got undone there by by Suraj Randeev bowled well as 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 well as Harath in the wasn't that expecting
0: series. a Suraj Randeev <laughs> mention on the pod today. <laughs>
1: yeah, so, so there were there were hints of them improving with the bat in that Sri Lanka series, but still this Cook innings was you had you had a brilliant innings from Kevin Peace in the second test of that Sri Lanka series to, to win that game. But this from Cook was kind of building a really, really big score in quite an orthodox way and that was something that they maybe weren't quite so sure of i think even before even looking at that first innings england would have taken some encouragement from that with the bat but the question is what are they going to do differently with the ball um they can't bowl as bad as it in that first innings and expect Mm. to do much in this series. But I don't
0: think they will. I think, you know, I mean, uh obviously they, they struggle for control. I think you're unlikely to see them field side with effectively four spinners because, you know, we talked about this before on the show. But you know, the, the additional gain from having a third, fourth spinner, it's a nice option to have, but ultimately it doesn't really make you a more penetrative bowling attack. Um and also Rohan and Hartley are are so inexperienced that even if they, they play again in the series, which I'm sure they will Um, they'll be much better off for that experience. I mean, there's a question from Lucas, actually, with Root bowling so well, does it make sense to bring in Anderson slash Robinson for one of Hartley and Rohan and potentially even Lawrence for the other? Don't see his spin being any worse than the other two at this point in time and add much greater batting depth and bowling balance. Do you want to address both of those two points?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I wouldn't be against the the three quicks thing, especially with how well Root's bowled. But I suppose that the, the question that is still unanswered is actually how good is that attack going to be here? Anderson did not mm. bowl at his best last summer. Obviously he is, you know, he's, he's, he's past 40. He, he cannot keep doing this forever. He, he has done it in India before. And mm. in that arguably that uh, 2021, early 2021 was, was as well as he ever, he's ever bowled overseas, taking that ridiculous six from Sri Lanka. So, so, you know, it's not that he can't do it for sure, but we don't know yet. And it's sim- a bit similar to Ollie Robinson, obviously he bowled absolutely brilliantly in Pakistan. I don't doubt he has the tools and the potential to bowl mm. very well but until we see it we can't be sure it's like cuz you're a better player and you're out of the team you can just think oh well Robinson and Nansen will both come in and you yeah. know and not go for any runs and get the ball reversing and
0: I guess it is extremely rare for those two, even when it's not going well even when they don't look particularly threatening to cede that much control to the opposition and that's what England really tra- obviously Leach's injury was significant in the mm. I think if Leach uh, was fully fit I think Hartley bowls a good fifteen overs fewer across the the first two days, so that 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 was really significant. Um, but yeah, I, I think that control. I think I think with more control as well, you force India to bat outside their comfort zone. I thought today was really interesting in how they just went absolutely nowhere when England bowled just steadily. I don't think Wood nor Root bowled particularly well. They just bowled steadily and. You know, you, you might say, oh, it's, uh, it's the eighth wicket stand, and it's Axar and Jadeja. But actually, hang on, Axar and Jadeja basically average as high with the bat as any of those Indian players do in home conditions over the last few years.
1: Yeah, and as good as those two are, and obviously as as, as good as loads of them are, actually, you kind of look at it, and it's it's only Rohit Sharma who has like a a proper proper track record of going big, mm. really frequently, and in 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 first class cricket, and or well, in in red Bull cricket, you know. That 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 they, they as as we kind of said in the preview show for this series that this might be the series when Shreysar and Carahul, Jaiswal maybe come out and establish themselves as that guy, but none of them are that guy yet. And with how they were getting out to attacking shots caught on the rope, mm. you do wonder how uh how bowling that would be. And yeah, you wonder if England had you know two Jack Leeches in that in that first innings and you know partly basically going at double the, more than double the run rate that Leech was, England would be. You know, nearly 200 ahead by now and actually mm. well in the game um and it's so so yeah it's it's it's, it's not impossible and and sorry on, on the lawrence question i suppose the the oddity in that decision would be that you'd normally look to length of the batting lineup when it's your batting that's struggled and your bowling's been okay uh and that's not been the case in this test match so it doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong thing to do though like um mm. if you think Eng- england might look at it from the point and be like well okay we could pick three quicks and two spinners because we don't really want to pick Hartley and Rehan right now. Mm -hmm. And actually we also don't really need three quicks because we can trust the two spinners to get through a volume of overs, both bowled with, with good control. So if we pick two quicks and we've got those two spinners, one of whom is root and we have basically a choice over that other player, why not have that player Mm be Dan Lawrence? who might well get us an important score and can chip him the ball. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not totally out of the question, but I would still go with the three quicks because, They're all different bowlers and you don't know which one of them is going to have the game that could make a big difference.
0: Yeah, just on England batting well, England are the first team to make 300 in their second innings in India since England in that 2012 tour. So they have gone really, really well. Um, And just briefly, worth mentioning again, that Boomer spell was utterly brilliant because this game looks really different without it. Um, We've not really talked about the pitch that much. Definitely slower than the first two days. Um, Still spinning lots, still Mm -hmm. inconsistent bounce, but... England were, especially when it was slightly short, there was more time for them to play back than potentially on on days one and two. Um, And, you know, as I said in the intro, Axel was going at eights, Ashwin at more than fives. They're still bowling good balls. You know, Jadeja went at pretty much fours across the whole day. Um, It felt like... Not a lot was happening before Boomerah came on. You know, England were 113 for one in the 19th over. He bowls that brilliant delivery to Duckett. And it's one of those deliveries where the highlights won't do it justice because you need to see the balls before Mm. properly sets him up with a few away. Uh, The ball before is in and you can tell that Duckett thinks, well, hang on, the last one's been in. This one's going to go away from me. Sees the line from Boomerah's hand, plays for the away swinger, comes in. uh, So it looks pretty ugly, but it's a brilliant piece of bowling. Um, and then, and then a brilliant piece of bowling to Root as well. Um, Boomer looked very threatening towards Root in his short stay at the crease. Gets England's key man, the, you know, the guy who's got more runs in, in India, England Test matches than anyone else. Um, and Boomer so nearly picked up more wickets as well. Ben mentioned that he nearly got um, Pope early on, and you know that obviously would have completely changed the game. If you look at the figures at the end of the day, Boomer twelve overs, two for twenty nine. Uh, Siraj only bowled three overs, much more tidily at bowl today than he did on day one. Three overs, no wickets for eight. But the, that famous trio of spinners, Ashwin's gone at 4.4, Axar's gone at 4.6, at nearly fours. Bumrah was completely different as a proposition compared to the rest of that attack. Um, so yeah, Bumrah is actually the reason why India is still totally in charge of this game because England are 316 for six at the moment, lead of 126, could easily have been 316 for three or four, given the way they were going at times today. Do England have a chance, Ben? Uh
1: yeah, they do, but I don't I don't want that to be like, you know, clipped up as me being this pompous, optimistic <laughs> English guy, overestimating, you know, how in the game they are. That obviously they're they're way, way behind. I'd put the chances at what? Ten, Five, fifteen, ten, yeah, at, at very best, and and, that, and it requires yet yeah, lo- loads to go right. I guess what we don't know as well is is whether the pitch's behaviour might change yeah. tomorrow. That that's what almost gives me more cause for optimism than than what's happened so far. And then even then, you're looking at
0: can England make actually, the most of those conditions? Exa- exactly. Yeah. So
1: so it requires Pope to, to to really kick on tomorrow. It requires the tail to stick with him, and it requires England to uh, well to, to bowl a whole lot better than they did in mm. that first innings, and it requires a bit of help from the pitch so if all those things go in their favor none, none of which are impossible then uh then yes they have a chance but India's mm. still uh significant favorites but at least it's been a, a good test match and and a beautiful sort of entry into the series kind of no matter what happens tomorrow and yeah. it's so good that Pope's not out because just to have the rest of today just thinking like oh what might happen tomorrow rather than if he if, if he was out to the last ball of the day then you're like, oh, OK, the game's done. We'll turn on tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be done within an hour and a half. Oh, well. But, you know, it's it's just it's just nice to have to have that feeling. And, and you know, from an England point of view, it's nice that India will have that that seed of doubt mm. for, you know, for tonight before tomorrow in a way that they wouldn't have had at the end of yesterday.
0: Yeah, it feels like the series is alive in a way that at times yesterday didn't necessarily feel like we we're going to have a even contest throughout the series. And yeah, just a word on Rohan Ahmed. He, he only finished on 16, not out. But it's the first time I've really seen him knuckle down and bat with the sort of responsibility that he should be showing given how much batting talent he has. I mean, you know, if you if you read interviews um, from various people involved with English cricket over the last few months, a, lo- a lot of the implication is that Rohan still views himself as more, more of a batter than a bowler. He bats in the top six for Leicester, did so successfully in 2023. Um, and he really knuckled down, and it was a difficult passage of play to get through. And again, it's probably just turned the dial from, from 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 for me maybe from five percent to seven percent. Having Rohan in there at the end with Hartley to come as well. Um, Dan had England lost a seventh wicket in the evening. Um, final question comes from Armin, who asked, "Why did Ben Gardner <laughs> shave his head?"
1: Yeah, I thought we might save this for a for a slightly quieter podcast. <laughs> it was a uh, it was actually on the day of the World Cup final when um you just had enough. Yeah well because I, I had I had the mullet and it was getting a bit long and shaggy and unkempt so I was like well I can cut that back in or I can get something different or I can just start from scratch and the beauty of, of shaving it is I could do it do it at home with a with a beard trimmer and um, and mm. a funny story about it actually is that it it ran out of battery when I was probably about like 80% of the way done so I had to charge it go to sleep wake up early and make sure it's done because it looked absolutely horrendous until I'd until I'd done that but that's it just a Post World Cup, sort of uh, a <laughs> sort of start start afresh and a beginning of a new era, a bit of a, a, a white ball reset, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think so that we
0: that, all yeah. needed to start afresh <laughs> after the World Cup. Anyway, that is all for today. Uh, cheers, Ben. We'll be back for tomorrow, and who knows what might happen. Podcast Network.